Amen. Thank you. Hey, hey. Well, this is a fun month, releasing the supernatural. <clears throat> I don't know about anyone else, but I've got that feeling at the moment that, um, you know, like <clears throat> when you're expecting a baby. <laughs> and that pregnancy, this one's been going on for about 16 years. <laughs> and, um, you know, quite often when we've had quite a few babies uh, born just recently, haven't we? And uh, you, you say to them... You can't imagine how this is going to change your life. <laughs> you just have no concept whatsoever. You have these kind of lovely ideas of how things are being. Well, that's the sort of feeling I'm getting at the moment, that there is a change that's coming and an increase that is coming to us that is going to in, in inject all sorts of chaos and um, fun and laughter and sleepless nights and dirty nappies and all of that stuff. So let's, uh, yeah, let's just go for that. Well, now, I was looking in the uh, offering declaration as everyone was reading it going like that as they were looking around the person in front of them. Well, this time you're going to be going like that and like that because I've got everything at different angles. I thought I'd kind of stir things up a little bit today. <clears throat> yeah. What, um, the whole month is all about releasing the supernatural. And the first thing to say is that there is no supernatural with God. It's all natural to him. It's supernatural to us, but it's natural to him. He he lives and dwells, and the whole thing with God is it is kind of supernatural to us, but to him, it is the normal way of living. It is that, and that is what he intends for us. We are made in his image, and we are his representatives on earth, and he has given us dominion and authority on earth to act like him and to bring about the kingdom which he's ordained. So, that's the first thing to say. Uh, and, you know, from, from early days when the lighthouse was kicked off, it was kicked off by a supernatural word from God when God spoke to Heather and myself and said there will be a new church in Lichamer Travers that kind of popped out of nowhere. It wasn't a thought that any of us had conjured up. It wasn't a thought that any of us wanted or even was kind of remotely warm about when it came. Okay, it came from God. He spoke it in and said, this is going to happen. Okay, and that word came and just began a process in us to start with and in the hearts of a few people gathered around us, an increasing number of those gathered around us. And, you know, we, we are now living in the fruit of that seed that was planted all that time ago. But it was supernatural. So the very birth of this church was a supernatural thing. It wasn't a good idea. It was a great idea, I mean, to God. But it wasn't just a good idea, a man's good idea. It was the thought and a whisper that comes from God. How often, you know, the, the great things of God start off as just a little whisper you know, where he just whispered something in and you think, I'm not sure I heard that right. You know, and that's that's exactly what Heather said to me that day. She said, you know, I think the Lord said something a bit strange to me. And I said, don't say a word. I know what it is already. There will be a new church at Lichmer Travers. 
But it starts off as something very, very tenuous. It's, Clive Jackson often says, it's like a, a spider's web. It's so thin and so kind of um, just flimsy in a way. And you're thinking, could that be God? Was that me? Was that God? Uh, but in time, as he begins to establish that word and that vision, that dream in our hearts, it becomes as strong as iron, as thin as a cob- cobweb, but as strong as iron. And it becomes something which is founded and established. And that, I believe, is what has happened in the Lighthouse Church. And here we are, 16 years later. It was around about 16 years now that we first decided to um, be church when God spoke and said, OK, now's the time. Let's go for it. And uh, as I say, it's been a long gestation period. Nine months seems pretty long to most uh, women who've been pregnant and, and husbands that have had to go through it with them. Uh, but 16 years, he, he has had a vision and a dream within our hearts that is for so much more than we're living in at the moment. That's kind of the very foundation of, of where we're at. We, we got stirred up many years ago, as many of you have heard, by us listening to a set of John Wimber tapes um, called Power Evangelism. That's what it was. And it was John Wimber's testimony, basically, of how he got saved and just got enthralled by the New Testament and the life of Jesus and thought, if Jesus did it, then that means we must do it as well. And, and this great saying, when do we get to do the stuff? You know, the healing the sick, the raising the dead, the cleansing the lepers, the casting out demons, the feeding the hungry, the clothing the naked, the removing shame from those that had been oppressed. You know, all of that good stuff that Jesus went about doing and saying, look, the kingdom of God's come near to you. That's, that's what he did. He has designed for us to do that. There's a great saying which Bill Johnson often says, which is, Jesus Christ is perfect theology. If you want to know what the Father is like, look at Jesus Christ. Jesus said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. And so Jesus is a perfect picture of the heart of God. And so you've just got to look at how he lived his life. What did he do? He went about doing good, destroying the works of the devil, as it says in Acts 2.38, something like that. Um, But yeah, he went around doing good and destroying the works of the devil. Everything that the devil put up in terms of sickness, in terms of lack, in terms of shame, all of those things, death even, he went around and reversed them. And, and it's just a great understanding to know the very heart of God in terms of the supernatural. You know, we, we have these age-old battles going on in our minds. Did God send this sickness? Did God send this difficult situation and all of that sort of stuff? Look at Jesus. Did Jesus ever go and bless the storm? Did he ever go and say to someone, well, this sickness, you know, it's got a bit longer to play yet. You can you can keep hold of it for a while. And the answer is no. Every time someone came to him with their heart open, he healed the sick. He healed all who came to him and he calmed the storms. He fed the hungry. He did. He all of these different things. 
he turned around. And so when we look at Jesus, we see the Father and we see his heart. Jesus Christ is perfect theology. It perfectly explains who the Father is and what his heart is towards us on this earth. Anyway, with that in mind, now we've had a few uh, sort of newcomers amongst us over the last month or so, and I thought it would be quite a good thing to just sort of ask ourselves what kind of church is the lighthouse? I mean, what, what are we as a group of people? What are our common beliefs and our common desires and vision and all of that sort of stuff and to just begin to lay it out and chat about it a bit so we're not into a detailed teach this morning there won't be lots of scriptures uh, and things like that there's a few i believe but um, not it's we're not into a detailed uh, preach and teach as it were but more in explaining about who we are as a set of people you know we've, we we've been talking recently about being deliberate in the things we say and declare And this is from James uh, 3 and 4, where it talks about the tongue being like the rudder of a ship. You know, it it steers, although it's tiny, the rudder, it's kind of really little. It can actually set the whole course for a great big ocean going liner and can steer its direction. And so our tongue then can really set the course for where we want to go. And that's what I want to do, really. Some of these things are obvious. Some of them are less obvious, but they all need saying and they all need declaring and they all need believing that that is our destination and that's where we're going. So here we are setting a course. We are declaring these things out and saying this is where we're going. This is what we're doing. So what kind of church is the lighthouse? Now, the only bit of teaching and expounding which is going on was, I did notice as I started writing these things down, that a lot of them began with I and P. And so it became a little bit of a challenge after a while to think of words that began with I and P. Uh, there's quite, quite a few of them. Um, so some of them are a little bit tenuous and I might need to explain. <laughs> but in the end, it became a matter of pride. I had to, I had to sort of stick with it. So pride, yeah. So, hit the next one. Yay, God. Intimacy. I think this is, this, is a, this is a great place to start. And with any group of people, they are bound, any group of Christian people, they're sort of bound together with a couple of fundamental things, which is to love God with all your heart, soul and strength and love your neighbour as yourself. These are the two great commandments, aren't they? And I think to explain that in terms of intimacy i mean sometimes when we say love your neighbor as yourself it's like through gritted teeth isn't it it's like we do it because we've got to do it sort of thing but actually what the father's heart for us is to share real intimacy uh, with him of course loving him with all our heart soul and strength but also with each other and so intimacy is is a very um sort of fundamental building block if if you like and You know, my desire has always been that we should be a group of people who know God and God knows us, not who know about God. A lot of us have grown up and we know a lot of stuff. We've got a lot of data in here. We've read a lot of books. We've seen a lot of videos. We've watched a lot of God TV. We've seen things that have happened. But our real heart is for intimacy with the creator himself. It's that that is what the whole thing was about. That's why 
Jesus died on the cross to restore us into relationship with our Heavenly Father, who created us in the first place because he wanted to, because he loved us, because he wanted to spend time with us. He wanted to be intimate with us. It's not just a working relationship. It's not get the necessary facts in your head and then I'll move ahead and do it. He wants to be intimate with us. He wants to do things with us and he wants to be here right in the midst of us. That is a fundamental thing. And just as he wants to be that with us, he wants us to be that with each other as well. He doesn't want us to just have like a functional relationship. Okay, these guys are in the worship team or whatever and they meet together whenever the worship team gets together and they do a job and then they leave. He wants us to be intimate with each other so that as we face life's trials, we're there alongside and we're sharing in each other's lives and we're helping and encouraging and strengthening one another and helping through these situations and helping to see the kingdom come in every situation that we face. So intimacy is is a key thing. Next one. Passion. (sighs) Sorry, I didn't mean that to come out in any kind of sort of... But it's a great word, isn't it? Passion. I think, you know, what's the opposite of passion? Sorry? Hate. Apathy. Yeah. Yeah, I I understand passion, hate. Yeah, it's like that is, it's, it's, but in a way, hate can be passionate, can't it? It's kind of, it's got a real bit of about it. It is like, you know, one of the things that just blew my mind away about Bethel Church, and we're going there in a week, and we are just so looking forward to it, was getting there for that Sunday morning service and arriving at half past seven in the morning and finding people queuing down the road to make sure they got a seat for that half past eight service. They were queuing from half past seven onwards. And, you know, if you weren't in that queue within that hour, you were in the overflow room or maybe even bust off to another campus or something. And there was a certain passion for the presence of God for worshipping with God's people and for the people of God. There was an incredible kind of desire. It, was, it had got to the stage where people did not want to miss. They were fearful of not coming to church in case they missed something because there were so many good things going on. And there was a real passion in there. And I believe that's how God wants us to be. And, and you know, I'm the first one to put my hand up and say, I'm not like that. Actually, sometimes I get up in the morning and think, well, I'm you know, don't really want to go (laughs) or, you know, I'd rather be doing something else. But I really believe God wants to put in us a passion for the house that we haven't had before and a passion for him, a passion for each other and a passion to reach those who don't know him. You know, and I I think in a lot of respects, our, our lives have made us a little bit dull, maybe. We've had so many different things that have crowded in and pushed out the space. You know, I was going to mention Nath's vision later on in this, but it is all about making that space. It is all about allowing yourself to be hungry. You know, and we will be the first to admit we had developed a lifestyle of 
just everything getting filled up. And any bit of space that came, we thought, oh, that's our time now. Let's whip the TV on and kind of catch up on Sky Plus and all the things we've been saving up from the things we couldn't see because we were so busy. And, and all we were doing was filling out the rest of the time. And we had this time just recently. We had three weeks where we had no TV, no alcohol, no treats and snacks and puddings and all of that stuff. We just kind of brought things right back to be simplified. And it was amazing the amount of time that we had, you know, in the evenings when you don't automatically just flip that TV on. Man, it can take a lot of time up. You can easily go through two or three hours, you know, just sitting in front of the box. And at the end, what have you got to show for it? Other than feeling a bit kind of anxious or stirred up or mildly entertained or whatever. And so I think the Lord wants to really download some passion into us so that we get excited about the things that are going on for the sake of his name and for the sake of our area. You know, and to see his kingdom expand, expanded. So, next one. Integrity. Had to get honour in somewhere because that's what we've really been learning a lot about, isn't it? Honouring one another. And I I think that can be summed up by integrity. Sort of really being true to ourselves and having that truth within us that will um, not kind of look the other way but we'll really get alongside people we'll honor people we'll bless them we'll serve them and you know this is this is an important thing no sham Uh, and i think that's the the same it's it's like we don't want to pretend something's going on when it's not we've got to be real and we've got to say okay if we've been praying for this sick person and they haven't got healed they haven't got healed you don't need to pretend we want the real thing the real portion the real mccoy uh to be manifested amongst us and i think that links in with the passion we've got to hold on to that integrity with a great passion to make sure we push through into the things that god has got for us okay so integrity has got to stay so we've had intimacy passion integrity next Play, oh, that was joy really, but I couldn't think of, okay, if you can think of any P's or I's for the ones that are kind of slightly dodgy, let me know afterwards, but, but, yeah, I mean, play's a good one, because it is, it is joyful, and, you know, we have got to maintain that, the joy in the Holy Spirit, the kingdom is, is, a, is a matter of love, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit, isn't it? Love, joy, and righteousness in the Holy Spirit. And I think joy, we've been talking about joy, has got to be central. It, God has designed us to have fun, to laugh, to enjoy one another's company. Uh, in his presence is fullness of joy. And we, we are supposed to be happy. And, you know, let's have that testimony said about us where the people start following us to the church and saying, we just followed the happy people to wherever they were going uh, to join in with them. But joy has got to be amongst us. Okay, next one. Persuasion, slightly dodgy again. But really, being persuaded about something is, is what I'm after there. Faith and belief. We, we have to believe that where we're going is the right place. 
And, you, and we have to be completely convinced about what God's heart is for us. Like, if you have the slightest doubt in your mind that your sickness came from God, well, it's going to be very difficult to actually have any faith that he may want to heal you, isn't it? It's just, that's going to be difficult. If you believe it may have come from him, then, then you know, well, what would we be doing actually going against it? It would be like a kingdom uh, divided against itself will surely fall, Jesus said. And uh, we have to get that foundation right, and we have to really believe wholeheartedly that God is good, and he only has good things to give to us. Okay, if God had sent sickness, why did Jesus go around healing the sick? That doesn't make sense. Why did Jesus raise the dead? Because people had died before their time. And he was bringing about a correction. Those things had come from the enemy. And he went around establishing the kingdom. And we have to have that. We have to have that belief that God is good and that all of the promises which are contained in the Bible and that have been spoken to us prophetically are true and that he wants them for us. Okay, And then, of course, with that belief, we have to dare to risk it all to see it come about. And, you know, that's part of what passion and hunger is about. You have to be prepared to take a risk. Next one. We've got a few here. So power. Living in the reality of the kingdom. We've touched on this already. We want the real stuff. You know, the kingdom is a matter of power. It is that there is a reality to it which needs to be grabbed hold of. I do not want us to be a people that constantly talk about it and tell stories from somewhere else. It has to be something that we see in our midst. And we've mentioned all of those. So let's go on. This is sometimes what you need to have in order to get through that long gestation period of 16 years. Patience and perseverance. And Graham Cook once said a a thing which stuck with me, which is that a prophetic people have to live as if the promise is going to happen today. This is the day when it is going to happen. And that's got to be their declaration. That has got to be their um, kind of conviction. And yet, be prepared to hold out for the long haul, to stick with it and to remain convinced And if it doesn't happen today, then it's going to happen tomorrow. There's got to be that expectation, but there's got to be a faithfulness in it and that we've got to hold fast to the confession of our hope. Okay, we've got to stick to it and be people that can really go through. Giving up is not an option. There is no plan B. There is nowhere. Like the disciple says, where would we go when Jesus said, are you leaving me too? Where would we go? We've got nowhere else to go. We are sold out for him and for his kingdom and the reality of his kingdom. And that is where we're heading. Okay, next one. Increase. Now, this is interesting. I've been, the Lord's been given a few whispers uh, into my ear over recent uh, years and months. But, you know, we have to have a belief that what we are living in is, is really good. And we have to get, take that, apply it to our lives and say, yeah, being a Christian is really good. 
to something kind of fantastic. It's not just a theory, it is something we are experienced. And when we are convinced of that, we'll tell our testimony, won't we? We'll be so excited about it. Like if you get healed of something dramatic, you just won't be able to contain yourself. You know, I, I, had a, I had like a broken elbow and suddenly it got healed when this strange woman came up to me and, and, and blessed me in the middle of a, of a dinner or whatever. Um, it, you're going to start telling the story. And we need to have that passion. We need to have that passion to see the reality of the kingdom so that we can spread the good news. And it really is good news. Encouraging others to come and experience. Come, taste and see that the Lord is good. Is your experience that the Lord is good? Yeah, mine is. Mine's, mine's really good. I've been a Christian for 30 plus years. 35 years, perhaps. And uh, he is good. My, my testimony is he has been incredibly faithful through that time. He has provided. He has guided he has been with me. His hand has been upon me. He has led me from one thing to the next. He knew exactly what I was ready for at the right time and moved me into those things. And, and I have a faith and, uh, you know, uh, just a faith in him that he is good and he is my father. And it is good. It's been a good life. Now, this is interesting. There's the, the Lord has just been speaking recently I, when we've, we've been in four years now in this building hardly seems like a day does it but I remember when we first came in here I, I said we'll be in here about five years and then we'll be looking for the next place okay because it won't be big enough and I, I felt him begin to to uh, just awaken that little dream in a way that it's time to start looking. It's time to start the preparations. The next stage is going to be significant and it's not going to happen overnight. So there's a process that, that, that needs to be gone through. But as I was praying about it, I felt like he was saying, what you need to be looking for for the next stage is to look to begin to grow to about 500 and to have space for 500. So the next move, if you like, which kind of may happen one, two, three years, I don't, I don't know exactly the details of that yet, but we're looking to go towards 500. But then, as I was kind of going through and trying to get my head around that, and what does that mean, and who, do, where do we go, and how many cars have you got to get in, and all of that sort of stuff. And he said, oh, oh and by the way, I think you'll be 10,000 one day. Okay. <laughs> you know, that's quite alarming, isn't it? But it's... it's you know, it's not this week, don't worry. We're not, we're not going to try and fit them in here, not like uh, Faldi Brennan night. Um, but I just, I want to throw it out there because this is God's heart for the area. There are half a million people living in the Pool and Bournemouth um, conurbation. That is a lot of people. I mean, how many churches are there? 100, 200? I don't know. Even so, that's a lot of people per church, isn't it? And God's heart is that none should perish, but all should come to eternal life. That is his heart. And we have to align ourselves with that belief and believe that God wants to increase and bring. And some of the other things I'm going to mention are we, we need to be uh, more influential in the area. OK, that's another eye. So anyway, increase. So, yeah, hold that in the back of your man, mind. And as you pray... 
Just ask the Lord to expand your thinking process. What could this grow to? Could we have this entire site one day? Is there, are there other places he wants us to go? What does he want our influence? Does he want the whole of Lichit saved? Yes, he does. Does he want us to be involved in that? Quite probably. Poole, Bournemouth, Parkstone, Corfmullen, Wimborne. You know, let's really begin to believe that God wants to bring people into the kingdom and in here. Okay? Increase. He wants us to be a people with a heart for increase. Next one. Prophetic. You know, Jesus said, it's written in um, Revelation 19, I think. Um, The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The whole story of Jesus' life is completely prophetic. And that's because he said, I only do what I see the Father doing, and I only say what I hear the Father saying. Okay, everything he did was prophetic. He is our role model. He is who we set our sights on. He is perfect theology. He is communicating the heart of the Father. And we need to be heading in that same direction. And I believe it is not unreasonable for us to be able to hear God's voice so clearly that we know exactly what to do at the time. In the time of King David, there was a group of people called the Sons of Issachar. And it was said of them that they they were prophetic and they knew what Israel should do in the season. That is what God wants for his church in this nation. Now, here we are, like in the middle of total chaos in the global scene, isn't it? There has been so many changes in the last year or two. It is incredible. Nations falling, rulers being deposed, economies floundering. You know, it is amazing. And if we said, Mike, what should we do? <laughs> you know, I believe God really, and I, my, I've got the same shrug. <laughs> I haven't got the first idea. But we need to have that. We need to be able to hear the voice of the Spirit. What is the Spirit saying to the church? We need to pursue it and go after it. We need to really train ourselves to hear it. It needs to become part of our daily lives where we expect to hear the voice of God. Prophecy particularly is, uh, just whip back one if you could, is um, particularly good in the whole intimacy thing, you know, because it says in 1 Corinthians 15 about prophecy is for the encouraging and the strengthening and the comfort of the brothers. And how often when someone is going through a difficult time or something, just a word of prophecy, personal prophecy that comes in, that can strengthen, that can uh, encourage and comfort, will just lift up their heads and give them something to hold on to get through. So that's another reason why we need to be prophetic. Okay, next one. Purpose. It is an amazing feeling to know you're in the right place at the right time with the right people doing the right thing. You know, this sense of destiny. What am I supposed to be doing? Okay, and I I will say there's many things I don't have, but I do have that because God has spoken and he has confirmed it through a number of different prophetic 
um, sources that are well respected and also it, it matches up with the desires of my heart. So I've got like a, a strong conviction that we are doing the right thing okay, and are in the right place with the right people. And, and it is amazing. And I want that for every single person to know that you've got you, you, you're just you're right on it. And what you're doing is exactly what God wants for you. It says in Ephesians that before the foundations of the earth were laid, God created good works ahead of time for you to step into. So he knew about you before you were even born, before the earth was even made, the Bible says. And even then had created a destiny for you to step into. And the whole thing about prophecy is beginning to unlock that destiny so that you can begin to step into it. Unlock the desires of your heart and the dreams and visions that you have in order that you can step into it. And it is the most fulfilling place to be when you are in that place with God. And we were chatting about this on Friday night with Nigel and Linda. But, you know, labouring to build the house of God is one of the most fulfilling things you will ever do. It really is. And when you begin to connect with it and understand the purpose of that and how you're beginning to affect the lives and the spiritual climate around you, it's so exciting. I mean, have you ever led someone to Christ? Have you ever prayed with them to lead them in through that prayer of repentance and into relationship with the Father? That is the most fulfilling thing ever. It is the biggest high, honestly. It is like just fantastic. And that's what labouring to build the house. That's what we're doing. We're not doing this just to be a club. We're not doing this just to kind of fill in an hour or so on a Sunday morning. We are doing this to affect an area. We're doing this to make known the glory of God to the, to the people around us, to the nations. There are people that just don't know. They don't know who he is and what Jesus has done for them. And everything that we do is building towards making him known. Drawing people in to be part of the family, making them feel welcome, making them feel a part of something. And that's a great purpose. Okay. No, you were in the spirit there, brother. Inspiration. Um, Okay, that, this was one for training. I, go, I couldn't really think of one for that. But, you know, one of the things that we want to do, we want to, uh, it says in Proverbs, it's a wise man that lays up an inheritance for his children. And there is, there is something as you go through, as I've been through my 52 years of life now and my kind of many experiences, there are many things that I've gone through that can be deposited in the next generation. So they don't have to make the same mistakes and they don't have to go the same route and the same kind of umpteen times around the mountain and stuff. There can be this whole thing of, you know, our ceiling becoming the foundation for the next generation. They don't have to go through everything that we've gone through. And I have a real heart to see effective training setting up where we not only teach people things, but we lead them into the experience of things that we've gained for ourselves. Uh, and hence we have this vision and dream to see a ministry training center set up where young people, you know, people will come and just give a year of their life and just uh, really drink 
of the fountain that is being opened up in this place and and the experience of people's lives where we can begin to pour into them and we can teach them and we can pray with them and we can be passionate with them and really stir them up to go further. And this is the whole thing. This is the apostolic bit where we're not threatened by the next generation who goes even further than we've done, but we just cheer them on and say, yay, go for it. Go for it. Go deeper. Go further. Do it better. You know, and that's what we want to do. We want to inspire those among us to just go further and to run the race. Next. Nelly there. Invention. This is one that's quite close to my heart. It it goes with inspiration, really. But I believe that there is a creativity in the Holy Spirit where we will, we will get ideas, you know, we will get, I've, I've heard of people getting dreams of contraptions. I was talking to um, Ruben last week, who's doing a mechanical engineering degree, and, and I was talking to him, and I said, Ruben, I think the Lord, what he's doing at the moment, you're doing your degree, he's giving you a vocabulary, okay? He's giving you a set of words and an understanding to know something. But when you've got that, He's going to download some ideas and you will use that vocabulary to make these ideas come to fruition. So the work that he was doing in his degree, you know, was just kind of like learning a language, if you like. But then he was going to download these supernatural ideas into him. And I believe that is going to happen for the people of God. I think there are going to be ideas that come. There are going to be inventions. And we've had a bit of it, but it's like a forerunner type thing. We haven't stepped into the fullness of it yet. But I believe that's what he wants for us. He wants us to be the head and not the tail. You know, we've been talking about this for, for a while, about being having places of influence in the seven mountains, the whole the, the areas of influence across the world, the arts, the media, business, government, education, family, you know, all of these different areas. He wants us to be influential people so that we can begin to bring about social transformation, change our areas. How great would it be if we came up with some economic strategies to bring about an end to systemic poverty in the world? Wow. Why not? Why not? It happened to Daniel, didn't it? He got downloads. It happened to Joseph. He was able to interpret dreams and became prime minister in the land to administrate the distribution of of food in a time of famine. Why not us? It's the same God. It's the same Holy Spirit. The only thing that's different now is that each one of you has direct access to the Father and the Holy Spirit. Okay, next one. Nelly there. Philanthropy. There's a word. I was struggling for that one, I can tell you. So this is really about generosity. You know, it's... Um, you know, I, I've always believed that as a people, right from the beginning when God spoke to Abraham, he said, I'm going to bless you so that you will be a blessing to the nations around you. There is... God wants to bless each one of you. He wants you to be successful. He wants you to increase and he wants you to really receive resources of the kingdom so that we can overflow into the lives of others. Okay, this is this is like another fundamental building block Two Corinthians nine. Paul says, I wish that you had every sufficiency for yourselves. He's telling the Corinthians. 
but also that you have enough to be a blessing on every occasion. Old Testament, New Testament, it's the same theme that runs right the way through. His desire is that we are blessed and that we flow. And I think there's a, there's a load of journeys in that um, about knowing how to give sacrificially, how to really tune in and see the resources of heaven opened up to us. There, there is a, a, an element of faith, and I think that's where we're at at the moment. We're, we're sort of seeing a, a natural favour that has come on us, but I think there's another step where he's going to begin to unlock the supernatural resources of heaven. But we'll, we'll get into that. Next one. Influence. This carries on from it. You know, I've all through the years have been saying, get involved, get involved in community, have a voice. You know, I've got involved. I've been with the governors for 10 years and I'm chair of governors at the the, uh, secondary school now. And it has been an amazing place to just have a voice and to speak and to actually, you know, I, I pray with the head teacher every week. Uh, we go in there and it is an amazing privilege for someone who is having influence over, well, September, it'll be 1,550 students will be coming through that place, you know, at any one time. That is a lot of kids, a lot of students. And, you know, we need to get alongside and make sure that things that will take them off track don't happen and to see the good things kind of um, brought in. So the Lord wants us to get involved. He wants us to pray and prophesy and take dominion over the area in which God has given us authority. He wants us to get involved and be a, vo- a voice in the whole area. So, influence. And this is the last one. And this is the, this is the crux. This is, the, this is what it's all about. I mean, I, I started off, didn't I, with um, releasing the supernatural. It's all about the presence. It really does, because all of these things are good aspirations and they're good directions to head in. But it is all about him. When we are in his presence, when our ears are open to the, what he's saying to us, when our eyes are open to what he's showing us, all of these things begin to come about. And that's why we need to really set our direction on pursuing him. I did have a whole stage two of this talk, which kind of told you how, but we're now run out of time. But just safe to say, uh, you know, it's got to be in our heart to really pursue this. This isn't something that is just going to fall in our lap. We're, the Lord has created us as, as, as pioneers in the land. If it were all just going to fall in our lap, then everyone would just be a Christian, wouldn't they? It, there is a certain kind of believing, laying hold of it and running with it that we have to do. We have to buy in. We have to really cooperate with one another to reach people around us, to step into the presence of God, to to learn how to hear his voice, to train ourselves, to equip ourselves and, and just really work and cooperate to see it come about for the sake of his name and for the sake of those people around us who maybe are dying and going to hell. Okay, we need to not forget that, but to really stir one another up to to push forward. But it's all about the presence. And that's why a lot of the things we'll do, we'll worship, we'll go deeper. You know, I think we've only scratched the surface so far. We need to go further in it and to go, you know, really experience more of his presence and uh, learn how to 
really spend time and make space and all of that sort of stuff. But so anyway, you can kill it there because we won't go on to stage two. Uh, I will pass over to Heather. Maybe you could do a part two later. Yeah. <laughs> we might start doing that sort of stuff, you know.